0: And go to Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine Bills-related podcasts. We appreciate you taking the time to download, to tune in however you are to the latest episode of Believe. My name is John Boccasino, of course, being joined as I always am by my steady colleague, my cohort, Jamie D'Amico. Jamie, good to have you on, buddy. Buddy, it's good to be here. And you know what? This would be
1: our first 2022 episode that officially takes place during baseball season.
0: Whoa, mind blown. I mean, it's the off season's kind of flying by pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, we're we're in that time of the month uh, with both baseball kicking off and starting soon. The The NFL draft is finally we're in the month of the draft. So we get to have a light at the end of the tunnel for the speculative moves that the Bills may or may not make. Uh, with their picks. And of course, uh, in upcoming episodes, we will dive into needs, uh, how the Bills are going to possibly tackle uh, their needs through the draft. Although it's been nice, Jamie, to know that really almost every glaring need outside of one uh, has been addressed uh, by the wizard known as Brandon Bean through free agency so far.
1: Put that on hold for a second. I want to go back to needs, if you don't mind. Sure. This is a programming question I've got for you. When are we going to have an episode dedicated to my needs? I have needs, John.
0: Well, you know, I I charge by the hour for those types of conversations of therapy sessions, Jamie. So if you want, my Venmo is blank, blank, blank. <laughs> anyway, I also take monetary donations. No, I mean we're we're here for your needs, Jamie, and and I feel like you know you and uh, and Bill's mafia members all across the. The world, one of the one, they call this a segue in the business. One of the the greatest needs um, that the Bills had coming into this off season uh, was the wide receiver position. And you might say, wait a minute, why is wide receiver a need when you've got you know Pro Bowl or an All Pro Stefan Diggs? You've got Mister Playoff t- uh, Record Gabriel Davis off of his record setting performance against the Chiefs. But then you think about the Bills had a lot of turnover this offseason potentially with, you know, Cole Beasley is now gone. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie could have been gone, but he re-signed. Uh, Jake Kumaro could have been gone, but he re-signed. And with with the turnover part of it, there was the long-term turnover question of, Diggs, the the perennial pro bowler, the great talent that the Bills acquired two years ago from the Minnesota Vikings. And, you know, there was a lot of talk about what's going to happen with an extension for Stefan Diggs because he was criminally underpaid. I believe um, heading into this year, he was the 21st highest paid wide receiver and he's producing top five wide receiver numbers. And everybody thought, OK, the day is going to come when Diggs is going to either Demand an extension, want an extension, or want out of Buffalo because the Bills aren't going to pony up the money. You can rest Easy Bills fans on Wednesday earlier this week. Brandon Bean worked his magic, worked his wizardry once again, uh, locking in Diggs to an unbelievably team-friendly contract. Uh, It's going to keep Diggs in Buffalo through the 2027 season. Jamie, what are your thoughts on this move?
1: Brandon Bean is a ninja. That's my thought on this when we look at at the it, when we look at where the wide receiver market is going and then look at what Stefan Diggs signed, this was about what fifty three million in guaranteed money, and it's all coming in the next couple of years. And then for the option bonus next season that is going to come in, they're just going to take that and they're going to turn it into signing bonus and prorate it out over the course of the rest of the deal to make more cap space. The Bills can conceivably get out of this after two full seasons. Now, granted, it would leave a a huge dead cap hit, but in the 2025 season, you're looking at if you want to get out from under the Stefan Diggs contract it's actually a cap savings of $7.8 million. Granted, you would have $18 million in dead cap space, and that is not something you want to do. But are you kidding me? Like, this is not going to be an albatross contract. These are reasonable numbers that were signed, and
0: it's conceivable that Diggs will see the end of his contract.
1: That's Unbelievable.
0: It really is. I mean, I think people when when the news first came out Wednesday, you know, people and th- these whole financial contracts lead to such misinterpretations, you know. It's never what the money is when the deal comes out. You got to wait a couple of days for the actual details the financial and I know last week Jamie and I played Uh, you know, expert when it came to public funding for the Bills' new stadium. So this week, we allow allow us to, uh, to try to don our cap magic hats, our financial wizardry hats when it comes to breaking down the Bills deal, because it really, like Jamie said, Brandon Bean is a ninja with the way he worked out this deal. People looked at it on the surface and thought, oh my gosh, $104 million deal for a four year contract extension. Your obvious thought is to go two and two, put them together. That's more than $25 million a year, but that's not the case whatsoever. The guaranteed money is roughly $50 million. So that's the part you want to focus on because that's really what the Bills are paying up to keep Diggs in Buffalo. He had two years left on his deal. The Bills could have said, you know what, we're going to rip up your contract and start fresh, or we're going to rework those remaining two years to make you happy and satisfied financially. Instead, they chose the latter. They're adding four years and approximately $96 million to the $25 million Diggs had remaining on his final two years of his contract. What that resulting contract is, Jamie, puts him right in a sweet spot for the team where they know his skills are not going to deteriorate when he gets into his 30s. He's not a player who is a Cole Beasley who's going to get worse the older he gets because he doesn't get the separation. He loses the speed factor. No, he's not a pure speed guy. Those are the guys you do not want to be paying into their mid to late 30s in the National Football League. Stefan Diggs' deal is a really reasonable one, an average annual salary of $21 million. So how do the Bills do this? You saw this with Von Miller. They have these voidable years on at the end of the contract that makes it seem bloated in both money and money and years, but really allows Brandon Bean and the team to, like you said, get out from this deal before it gets too late with a lot less repercussions than you would think by putting two and two together. It's a solid deal all around, and the Bills really had to do this move, I think, right here, right now. Everything that Brandon Bean has done this offseason season. What do you think he's been saving all this money for? They've been reworking all these deals. Even Josh Allen had a restructuring of his contract. Mitch Morse had a restructuring of his contract. The Bills and Brandon Bean knew they needed to keep Stefan Diggs happy. And all this money they cleared. Even Ryan Bates signs his bloated contract sheet. And then a day later, he reworks it so that Bean can find the money to bring back Diggs. It's genius. It absolutely
1: is. And... If I'm looking at the salaries that are being thrown around right now for wide receivers, I am thrilled to get digs for what is actually when you consider all six years it's actually only around twenty million uh as opposed to it it looks like on on the books like it's twenty four million when you extend it out, it's actually about twenty million a season. Tyreek Hill's getting $30 million a season. Devontae Adams is getting $28 million. Uh It's – I mean, you have guys that are not nearly as good as Stefan Diggs. Like, oh, gosh, who are some of the guys that have signed ridiculous contracts this offseason? Let me run uh, a
0: couple down for you, Jamie, because yeah, I, I feel like this is going to be a good catalyst to why the Bills – The NFL is such a – I want to say it's both reactive and proactive, but when it comes to deals, especially for wide receivers, we have seen teams reacting to the market and not trying to get ahead of it. Whereas Brandon Bean's deal is very proactive. It's trying to make it, you're going to look at this deal like you're going to look at Josh Allen's extension in a couple of years and say, holy cow, what a bargain that the bills are only paying X amount to Josh Allen when you've got you know, Lamar Jackson making what he's going to make with a contract extension.
1: And before you read off the numbers, I just want to say that I am so glad that Diggs agent didn't take a look at the way the <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars have destroyed the wide receiver market oh. and demand that kind of numbers.
0: It's it's awful. So when you look at this right here, um, for the big market deals that have taken place, five receivers have entered into the twenty million per year market. You got Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, who went at it through trades, going to the Dolphins and the Raiders. They are joined by the league's highest paid wide receiver, who is DeAndre Hopkins, averaging about $27.5 million per season. Those three are really the standard bearers for the market. But the next, and and I would say Diggs is just as good as any one of those wide receivers up there. The next group who were making more money than Diggs was is not above Diggs when it comes to the, the superiority of his play at all. You got Mike Williams with the Chargers, a three-year deal averaging $20 million per season. Chris Godwin, roughly $20 million to stay with the Buccaneers. DJ Moore signed with the Panthers for $20.6 million for his new extension. And the poster boy for overinflated, bloated wide receiver contracts, Christian Kirk. $18 18 million dollars per year with the Jaguars. So you sit there and here's Diggs 14.4 million average yearly salary. Hell, you and I would take that in a heartbeat, but he's got a very particular set of skills, to quote Liam Neeson, who makes him a very talented wide receiver. But he was only the 21st highest paid wide receiver in the league. Heck, Robbie Anderson of the Carolina Panthers was making more on a yearly average than Diggs was. And you know what? Robbie Anderson caught 53 passes for 519 yards in 2021. Diggs more than doubled all of those figures. I mean, it's mind boggling how underpaid Diggs was. So, this contract, Jamie not only gets the Bills ahead for the future, but what it does for 2022 is sheer bean genius. The move clears $6.2 million in cap space for the Bills, who were very cash-strapped heading into this uh, upcoming 2022 season. So you figure the Diggs extension clears $6.2 million Ryan Bates, with the contract restructuring that he went through, the Bills have a little more than $8 million available in cap space, which should be used to go sign a quarterback. One would think.
1: However, I wonder if that's going to happen. I wonder if the Bills are going to try to hold on to that space for injuries and rollover later in the year. And I just want to echo your point on overpaid wide receivers. Zay Jones is being paid Three years twenty four million with fourteen million guaranteed. Thanks again, Jaguars.
0: <laughs> so, Although in, in fairness, a Zay Jones deal also comes with stellar glass and window repair service. So you're really getting more more oh. than one bang for the buck. <laughs> too soon? No, I wouldn't say too soon. Um <laughs> you want to explain that one to the listeners? <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, as we all know, uh, Zay Jones was a former uh, Buffalo Bill uh, second round draft pick of the team. And uh, how can I how can I start this off? He had some mental health uh, issues, um, to put it very kindly. Uh, And he basically there was an incident where he was arrested uh, back in 2018, I believe, for felony vandalism. He basically was arrested, running around his Los Angeles apartment, stark naked, trying to fight his brother, who was a receiver for the Vikings at the time. Zay Jones ends up putting his foot through a window in the apartment and apparently trying to jump out of a 30th story window. TMZ captured all of the content. It's worth looking into it if you Google it. That's why Zay Jones is great at repairing glass and windows because he's got the experience. <laughs>
1: you actually explained that far better than I could have ever dreamt of. I don't think I remembered it quite that clearly. Well Well done, John Pacasino.
0: <laughs> well, and I, I, I do I do say I feel bad because and I, it, it looks like Zay Jones has has really remodeled himself as a, a good citizen. I mean that was a clear either there were like drugs and alcohol involved there was mental illness involved and he admitted that he had some problems and demons that he had to battle through and it looks like he's gotten the help that he needs so good and here's the thing jamie for all these receivers who are cashing in good for them that's their prerogative to maximize the money they can earn from these owners who want to you know pay them what you know Someone's only worth what you're willing to pay them. You know, it's not like, I mean, the Jaguars are nuts for paying Zay Jones and Christian Kirk what they are, but that's what the cost of doing business to be a Jaguar where nobody wants to go play unless you overpay them. The same is not the true for Buffalo, where the Bills have really built up this great winning culture. And it really just goes to show how far this team has come that Brandon Bean can work out this amazing deal with Stefan Diggs far below the market value for what he could be receiving and making a move. That's not going to cripple this team in 2022. And the bills are putting all their chips into the center of the table and saying, we are winning now. Damn it.
1: If Zay Jones waited till his free agency year, he probably would have made substantially more because you have to assume that this market for receivers is going to continue to be exploding. And two years from now, Would you be shocked if you see a $40 million a year contract out there? I I personally wouldn't. Um, So he said, hey, here we are. This is going to take me to the end of my career. Let's get it. And I feel so good about the core (laughs) of this offense being in place. Meanwhile, they used the
0: contract to clear cap space. Ninja Bean. It's unbelievable. It really is, you know, Beans out there playing chess while the rest of the league is playing checkers, to coin a popular phrase that's going around these days, from what I hear. But it's great with what they did with Diggs. And it's also great because, yeah, there's going to be another wave of wide receivers who are going to want to get paid. Um, and 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 the fact that the Bills are able to get ahead of this and give Diggs the money that he wanted without infringing their ability to make the team competitive and focused on winning in 2022. It really is a win, win, win for everybody involved. And, you know, I just, I, I give a lot of credit. Diggs has really, you know, it was such a false narrative coming out of Minnesota. You know, he's a malcontent. He's going to hate playing in Buffalo. He's not going to have a proven quarterback. Well, The Bills have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, if not the best quarterback and Josh Allen. Him and Diggs have formed such a great rapport on the field. And you look at what they've been able to do in two years with the Bills. Diggs is averaging 115 receptions per year, 1,335 receiving yards per year, and almost nine touchdowns, almost 10 touchdowns per year. He's made the Pro Bowl both years. The fact that the Bills can keep this dynamic duo locked up and not breaking the bank while doing it – is just another of the ways that the Bills have won the offseason. I mean, and you look at this, this move is so typical for what Brandon Bean does, locking up a star with two years left on his existing deal. That's that's vintage Bean when it comes to taking this up and finding ways. He did this with Josh Allen. He did this with Tredavious White. He's just so good at finding those balance points and striking and making a deal that really wins for both parties.
1: Yes, he does a very good job. And I would go as far as to say the deals tend to be more team friendly than player friendly. Um, and that has been the case with a couple of extensions that have been done along the way. And you know that players are they're in it to they're in it to get paid. Let, let's be honest. Um, for a brief time, I had a colleague who uh, he played in the NFL, he was a receiver played for a couple of different teams. And he was explaining to me that one of the toughest things to get used to when you make the transition to the NFL is your entire life, it's sacrifice for the team. But then when you get to the pros, everybody's telling you, you have to look out for yourself because there's no more support system. It's a business in a way that you've never dealt with business before. And if you don't look out for you, no one else does. And you can put yourself in a bad situation by putting the team first. And I thought, oh, that's that's pretty interesting. Well, sometimes players see what's going on around them and think, now is my time to strike. I need a contract extension myself. And sometimes they take to social media to make that heard, don't they?
0: Yeah, sometimes there's uh, members of a team, defense, uh, all pro safety. Uh, Jordan Poyer might be someone we're talking about. We'll get to Poyer in one second, Jamie. I just want to give Bean credit one more time. I can't praise this man enough for this deal uh, over Stefan Diggs because one of the key things that they did that just to pull the curtain back a little bit and Matt Warren has a great article on rumblings. Joe Biscalia has a great one on The Athletic where they explained about adding in option bonuses in year two of the deal uh, bean did this for josh allen von miller and Dion dawkins and it's basically a new version of a signing bonus where you can convert the cash payments to this signing bonus you can prorate the cap hit over five seasons and again for a team that was so cash strapped like the bills were all of these cap maneuvering moves out there give the bills so much flexibility and maneuverability so kudos brandon bean we know you listen to the podcast you got the digs extension done Now let's turn towards Jordan Poyer. And as Jamie so daftly mentioned, uh, the star safety for the Buffalo Bills, uh, he drew some attention uh, this week. And I should say his wife uh, did, Rachel Bush, uh, who is no stranger to social media. Um, She basically is making the case that the Bills are signing up all of these players to long-term extensions where... Is my husband's and Jordan Poyer has a legit case. I feel like to wonder when his deal is going to come because unlike Tre'Davious White and unlike Stephon Diggs, Jordan Poyer only has one year remaining on his deal. So it's fair, Jamie, to ask where is his contract extension? If you're Brandon Bean, how do you tackle this difficult situation? One that was made even more complicated by the move to hire. Ah, Drew Rosenhaus as Poirier's new agent.
1: Mm -hmm. If I'm Brandon Bean, I'm actually letting him play out this year and see where it goes. Players are renowned for going off a cliff when they hit 30 years old. Now, Micah Hyde signed an extension, but Micah Hyde's game has never been speed. It's been intelligence and positioning. Jordan Poirier little bit more athletic when it comes to the the speed end of things, I am probably going to hold off because signing him to an extension right now means that a lot of it is going to have to be in the signing bonus, which again, kicks the can down the road a little bit. And I don't know if I want to be beholden to a guy beyond his age 30 or 31 season because I don't know where that's going to take me. If you do a two year extension, you're now looking at a 33 going on 34 year old safety. Uh, is that what you want? Or do you want to look at starting to get younger? Do you want to bring in those lower level contracts? Because, I mean, even if you look at the Rams, who they talk about with all of those expensive contracts. The Rams do have 11 starters on both offense and defense that they drafted after the third round of the NFL draft. So you need cheap labor mixed in with those big contracts. That has to come in somewhere. And I I hate to say that you can't sign everybody, but you kind of can't sign everybody. But here's what I don't want. Now that this debate is kicking up on the Twitterverse, All of those people out there that are saying, well, it's his fault that the Bills gave up a touchdown in 13 seconds. No, this guy is an all pro. This guy is a great player. Stop trying to place blame and make it easier to separate yourself from a fan favorite. This This is a guy I want on the Buffalo Bills. I just don't know how they can do it.
0: Yeah, I think it's absolutely ridiculous for people to think that Poyer does not deserve the, an extension because of the failure of the Bills over the final 13 seconds to close out the Chiefs in that divisional round of the playoffs. I will say that I get where you're coming from with Poyer and his age. He's going to be 31 uh, when the season starts. But my aspect of it is if you're in win-now mode like the Bills are, you can't afford to have your safety, who is an all-pro, being a malcontent <clears throat> on the back of the defense, especially when you look at Trey White's not going to be ready when the season starts. The Bills have glaring needs in the secondary. <clears throat> if I'm Brandon Bean, I'm finding a way – you, and you look at the salary for Poyer too – He's only making $5.6 million in 2022. That's the 10th highest figure among safeties in the NFL. And that's just not... So I get Poyer's point. I wouldn't have had... I, I give his wife credit for being an advocate and a strong advocate for Poyer getting paid. I probably would have had this conversation in private with Brandon Bean instead of you know taking it to the Twitter sphere. But Putting aside that logistic of the discussion, I think you find a way to make a deal that, again, you can do another two-year extension for Poyer. I wouldn't go anything more than two years, but two years with the one year that he has currently on his contract, and you can find some way to make him in the top Four for the safeties at his position for three more years total. I think he's gonna be worth that. Anything more than that might be paying too much for your past performance uh versus your, you know, future indicators, if you will. I feel like Poyer is a good safety. He deserves to get paid. I just he's the last in line, Jamie, to me. He is the last player that the Bills need to take care of this offseason. And I think the Bills will find a way to get it done. I believe that he deserves it absolutely deserves it.
1: Uh, If they can make it work, I would love for it to work. I I mean, that's really where I stand
0: on it. Drew Rosenhaus is a tough... Person to go up against in negotiations because he is not going to let Poyer take a team-friendly deal. So Bean's going to have to get creative with the way he finagles some of the bonuses and the guaranteed money if he wants to bring Poyer back because there's no way Rosenhaus is going to take an under-the-market value for his client. It's just not going to happen.
1: No, no, it's not. not how he does business, and that's fine. I mean, I am all about the players getting what they can get. Is it going to work out for the Bills? I don't know. But one way or another, Jordan Poyer is going to make some money. And
0: he deserves to. Again, if you look at what he had pulled in, I mean, his he signed a two-year $19.5 million contract in 2020, which made him at the time the sixth highest paid safety in the league. But there have been six more safeties that have passed him in the last year alone, so I get Poyer's frustrations, Brandon Bean, we know you listen, find a way to lock in Poyer, give him three years total, uh, two on top of the one he's currently got. And let's run this thing back and win the Lombardi. Please can't wait to have a championship parade in downtown Buffalo for this team.
1: I I'm with you. I I feel like you got to get the uh, you got to get the obstacles out of the way for this season. But does that mean does that mean you have to
0: give extensions to everybody who says they want one? No, it, it doesn't. I think if you look at the, you know, the heart and soul of this Bills defense, though, it's really it's the safeties, the way that they're the way that they have been able to take up and make up for a subpar cornerback unit outside of Trey White. So I feel like it would be one thing if you know, Harrison Phillips had demanded a contract extension. I mean, the Bills can move on from Harrison Phillips for now and replicate his performance. I don't think you can say the same for the safeties. No, I I don't think you can. It's it's the best safety tandem in the NFL. Let's just call it what it is. And again, it masks deficiencies that the Bills had uh, for some vulnerabilities in the secondary uh, for players not named Trey White. And that glaring <laughs> hole is only going to get more exposed because Levi Wallace is now gone and the Bills are going to have a lot of new faces uh, playing in the secondary, which gives even more value to Poyer and Hyde uh, playing at the back of that defense Bills fans, what do you think? We've gone on long enough here on contract speculation and breaking down the Diggs deal and talking about Jordan Poyer's potential contract extension. What do you think? Give us your feedback on social media. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico on the Twitter, and I am at John Boccasino. You can also give us a comment on the articles on BuffaloRumblings.com. Jamie, always great to have your expertise on here, breaking down the relevant Bills news. We will get to some draft coverage coming up pretty soon, buddy. Looking forward to that. I know you're going to go out there and and start doing your mock draft research and prepping the big board. Can't wait to get the live look inside the D'Amico household to see who he has Buffalo taken at pick number 20. Oh, man,
1: I got to study up. I I, I know I love the draft and everything, but this year I'm so far behind. I really got to got to start reading. It it is just coming up so
0: quickly. (laughs) Well, hit the books, buddy, because I think next week we'll do a talking point uh, podcast on Buffalo's first round draft pick and the first couple of rounds. What the Bills should do here. Stay tuned for that episode coming up on Believe a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. (laughs)